Welcome back, Growth and Jams fans, for another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about all things love. I hope you enjoy the show. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. One, two, three. So today, again, I'm going to be talking about love. I'm here, just me, um, me again, here to talk about some of the experiences that I've had, some of the mistakes that I've made, and some of the things that I've learned about love, about relationships. And again, this isn't just going to be romantic relationships, but it's also going to be friendships, um, relationships with family members, and pretty much relationships with any people that I've come into contact with. So what I want to start with is I had a very distorted perception of love for a very, very long time. I think a majority of my life was spent looking for love. I don't think I felt necessarily loved by certain people in my family growing up. I felt loved, but I also felt like I didn't belong. I felt a lot of very weird things related to love. And I think Because developmentally, I didn't possess these, you know, solid foundations of what it meant to love or what it meant to be unconditionally loved. I think that really weighed into how I treated other people. So just to kick off, I'm not going to use names or discuss specific relationships or relationships with people just so that it remains applicable to all people and so that these people don't get offended, of course, or I don't put them on the spot. But I've had several relationships in the past with women specifically, where I don't think I was my best self and I don't think I treated these people necessarily the best either. I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, finding myself in these relationships with these people, wanting to be in the relationship with these people, but both of us not fundamentally needing to belong together, if that makes sense. So I think with that, a lot of these relationships quickly turn to a dependence on sex. And I think a mixture and a replacement of what should have been genuine love for another human as lust for that human, needing to control that human, needing to possess that human, and further just needing to, needing, needing to need, sorry, can't even talk, feeling like I needed someone, feeling like they needed me, but not necessarily knowing how to be there for that person or be what that person needed. So I think, again, I've had these relationships in the past where I have been 100%, the relationship has been dependent on sex for it to keep going. And with that comes a lot of problems. In my current relationship, faith is important and our beliefs on that are very important. But I'm going to talk about the past right now. So I lived a very unchaste, uh, free life, doing very reckless things, engaging in reckless behavior like I've talked about in the past. But I think um, I very much used sex in these relationships to feel closer to that person, to feel like I belong to that person, and vice versa for that person to feel like they belong to me. And I think as soon as you bring that into the equation when you don't truly love someone or you don't truly understand what love is, things get muddy very, very fast. So that over-dependence that I think our culture stresses very much so, it over-sexualizes everything from women to men to 
pretty much you see it in every single ad. I don't think men are over-sexualized as much as women are. Definitely not in this culture. But I do think there is an emphasis on what beauty looks like, what love is supposed to look like. And this is dictated by, I mean, you've heard it a million times, by culture, by media, by advertisements, by uh, forms of entertainment. But I think that we need to understand and dig deeper for a second to figure out what the actual true meaning of love is. And there's four types of love. There's agape, which is this, you know, sacrificial love of placing another person before you, basically wanting that person to succeed in everything that they do, doing or wanting to do everything just so that person can better themselves. There's phila, which is, of course, like Philadelphia, which is a brotherly love. There is eros, which is more of a passionate love, and storge, which is a familial love, or as Google says, a natural or instinctual affection, such as the love of a parent to a child, or vice versa. I think we need to first understand these four different types of love before we can truly understand what it means to love a different type of person, whether that be your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mother, your brother, whatever, maybe your friend. I think you fundamentally have to understand the difference between what kinds of love beg and ask different kinds of things. So I think, again, we mix up lust and love in this world, which I have fallen victim to many a times because I wasn't with the right person, but I felt like I needed that person. And I think that necessity, that feeling of need of a person in general is one of the fundamental problems that comes with this. So I think at the very crux, before you can love someone else, you need to be able to love yourself, which is something that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I don't think I was able to truly come to grips with who I was as a person or to love who I was as a person until I was probably 19, 20 years old. So pretty recently. And, you know, I think I saw some overlap with that at the beginning of my relationship currently that led itself to some problems. Because again, I didn't love myself. How was I supposed to love another person fully? How was I supposed to be self-sacrificing for this person, all sacrificing and being able to place them above myself so that they could be the best version of themselves? How was I able to lift someone up if I was not even able to look in the mirror and say, I love you to myself? And I think as cliche as that saying is that you need to love yourself before you can love someone else. It's really true. And it's not just like a superficial love. You have to actually fundamentally know yourself as well in order to love yourself. And you have to know yourself and love yourself before you can know and love another human being. So to come back to the point, I was for a long time addicted in many ways to other people because I needed them to make me feel a certain way, or I needed to feel needed, or I needed to feel like I was in control, or that I had someone, or that someone was there for me. This led to a kind of revolving door of like needing and desiring sex. And this, this is a huge problem, obviously. Like you can't do this or use people or use sex itself to get to someone to love someone or to feel like someone loves you back. I think at the very pit in our core, we crave and desire human connection. This human connection is what links us together with everyone in the world. It's, it's necessary for everyone. Like you can't just be in self-isolation all the time. 
you crave and you biologically need other people in your life. I'm saying like at the very crux, you need other people. And I think I needed people to make me feel like I was needed. And that's where a lot of my problems stemmed from. But again, to come back, I think it's really important that we value sex, that we place the utmost respect, care, and love into the action itself. I think with the sexual revolution in the 60s and kind of what mainstream media teaches now and preaches is that casual sex is very much appropriate and very much an okay thing. But I truly believe that there's much more meaning that goes into the act itself than physical pleasure. And I think people, specifically college students or people our age, have a very hard time um, separating casual and biological physical pleasure from emotional and physical connection. A lot of people that I know very much have an addiction to sex that I used to have, an addiction to maybe it's pornography for you, uh, lust of other people, whatever it may be in that regard. And I think this really distorts our way of viewing love, of viewing the opposite sex, of viewing the same sex, of viewing anybody in that realm. I think it really takes away from the true meaning of what it means to be in connection with people. And I think it distorts our perception of love and our reality of love for when we get there. I think once I truly removed the sexual aspect from my life, I removed the physical pleasure or desire for physical pleasure from my life, I was able to understand myself better. I was able to understand who I was as a person, able to understand what I contributed to a relationship, and I was able to better love as a result of that. Love more self-sacrificially by removing the, again, arrows passionate from that for some time period so that you're able to fully understand your role as a human being in a relationship. And this goes for friends as well. I think in my my addictive behavior, I lost sight of what it meant to be a good friend as well because I was on this never-ending pursuit of needing to be needed by other people, needing to be needed by other women, um, needing to be fulfilled by other women. It was really important in being able to be a better friend to people, to be a better son, to be a better brother. I was able to more fully understand my role as a human, as a person, and how my role was to build that other person up no matter who it was. And I think removing that aspect from my life made me a better man. It made me a better son. It made me a better brother. It made me a better friend. It made me a better significant other. It made me a lot of things. And I think a lot of people struggle with these same issues that I struggled with in the past. And as a result of those issues, people don't love themselves fully. They're less interconnected to other people of either the same sex or the opposite sex because their biological and physical processes, desires, addictions are kind of all-consuming. And I don't think our world lends us to believe that this is the case. I think it's pretty normalized to be scrolling on Twitter or Instagram and find something that immediately sparks some sort of biological reaction that puts you or exposes you to someone else in a way that demeans them or you know, isn't the most respectful. So I don't think social media or the way we use it or any of that is inherently bad, but I do think that it doesn't lend itself to loving yourself, to 
being chaste and respectful of the other sex, the same sex, whatever it may be, just respectful of other people in general. I think it really pushes us to a point of valuing each other as objects, as commodities, as what the other person has to offer and what the other person can do for you. In realizing this and taking a step back, we have to, you know, grant each individual person respect, dignity, and through this, we are able to more fully love in all roles of our lives. To kind of segue into my last bout, which is going to be a piece of advice for the week, I would just like you all to sit here with me, whether you're listening to this right now or you sit later and you think about it, to kind of assess your role in your relationships and ask yourself, are you in those relationships because what they grant for you, what they provide for you, or are you there fully and freely to make the other person better, to make the other person happy? And this goes for, you know, your relationships with everyone. Are those relationships fruitful in the sense that they make you a better person? Are they fruitful in the sense that they push that other person to be a better person? And I ask you to assess that just so that you can open your eyes to like your actual role in these relationships and the role the other person plays with you. In assessing that, you'll be able to more critically evaluate yourself and more readily assess the necessity or what you desire from relationships in general. And I think all relationships, whoever they may be with, they shouldn't be revolving around what people can do for you, what you can do for people, but they should push you to be the best version of yourself. And I think I had a lot of friendships, a lot of relationships where I wasn't doing the same for other people. Those people weren't doing the same for me. And that wasn't the fundamental goal of the relationships for either of us. It was very much so, what can you offer me? How good can you make me feel physically? And I don't think that's the way that relationships are supposed to be. I think it should be at the most fundamental level about being the best version of yourself and pushing that other person to be the same. So I know this was kind of a heavier topic today, a little bit maybe awkward to be talked about. It's a little awkward for me to talk about into a mic by myself, but I hope that y'all value the things that I have to say and know that the ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose here is to help you become the best version of yourself. And I don't want this to be some like, I'm some perfect guru at helping people become better than who they are, become the best versions of themselves. But I do want to become a positive example and role of change in your life so that when you listen to this, you're able to, you know, make those hard decisions, hard calls, looking in the mirror and say, I want more for myself because you should desire more from yourself. You should desire excellence from yourself. And again, as I've reiterated in the past, no matter where you are in your life journey, on your walk of life, whether you're at rock bottom whether you're in the middle somewhere, whether you're thriving and doing the best that you possibly can and you're so happy. There's always room for improvement. There's always room to be critical of yourself. And it is through this critical thinking, through these struggles, through these mistakes, through these issues, that we are able to grow, that we are able to achieve happiness because the pursuit of actual happiness is not a thing. It's a negative, never-ending cycle. You can't say, when I get X job, I will be happy. When I get X girlfriend, boyfriend, I will be happy. When I get X salary, I will be happy. It is through the problems that we choose to place in our life that we are able to solve those problems. And in solving those problems, we become and experience happiness. So it's not about picking 
the things that make you happy in your life. It's about picking the problems and choosing the problems that need solving that make you happiest and most fulfilled in your life. And I think for me, one of those was removing sex from my life so that I was able to view people as dignified, respectable, God-created human beings. In removing that, in removing all aspects of that, I've been able to truly love better. I've been able to become a better man because of it. And I've been able to view people in a different light, not for what they can do for me, not for what they look like, not for any of that, but for who they are as a person. If you have any questions, if you want to talk, if you want to come on the podcast, if you want to be a part of this in any way, I encourage you to rate the podcast, your honest rating, give a review, please. That would be awesome. Also, feel free to reach out to me on social media if you want someone to talk to, if you think this might be something that you want to be a part of, if you've gone through something specific where you think it would be valuable for other people to hear what you learned from those experiences. Again, feel free to reach out. I'm so open to talking. I'm very thankful that I have this platform and that people have received it well and that people have actually you know, learned from my mistakes or have learned something from my words and what I'm contributing to the world. So again, I thank you for sitting through another episode of the Growth and Jams podcast. I'm really excited to have another guest on next week, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Signing off, it's Saul. So-